Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. And welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have a very special guest that's going to bring us a really unique topic and some awesome software to the program, John Matheson. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So a little bit about John. John is the CEO of Commercial Loan Success, a software and education platform designed to help small business owners and property investors make more informed financing decisions, which can't we all benefit from that? John is also the managing member of J. Healy Development LLC, which specializes in developing new projects and sustainable properties. He's been in the property development business for over 26 years and has been involved in transactions from developing, permitting, and or financing of completing projects totaling over $50 million. Wow, John. So this is some really awesome stuff. And uh, with 26 years of experience and going back that far, well, let's just dive right in with how did you get started? So you got, you'll laugh. So when I started in, uh, in real estate, the first cell phones, only the rich developers had, and they had them in a box. And it was like something out of one of those World War II movies where you were calling in reinforcements, you know, and they carried around the phone. And because if I had any brains, I would have invested in Motorola then, right? But it's like, we didn't, we didn't have the technology um, back then that um, is available today that's just expedited all of our abilities to do transactions and connect better. But yeah, so, so that's how far back we go to when I started. And, um, but you know, you, you, when you get to be my age, it's not, it's not surprising that you can get into some pretty good sized numbers with transactions over, over a career. But you know, my first transaction, probably like a lot of people listening today, I was in my twenties and it was small. It was a $30,000 deal where I bought a building lot and I convinced the community banker that it was a great idea to put a new house on it. And he, I hired a builder because I wasn't a builder, so I didn't know how to do it, but I hired one. And the banker liked the builder I hired and said, you know what, I'll fund this. And off I went. And so I took the money from the first deal and I made nice profit. And he said, all right, let me roll this forward and buy two lots this time. Well, real quick, before we jump too far, I just, yeah. so that first, First project right there, did the banker finance 100% of the project? Well, you got to realize this was the, the late 80s, early 90s. So we're into a whole different world. Banking was, was very different then. It was handshake driven. There were community bankers that would do business with you on very little documentation. And you could walk in and build a relationship differently than what you can do today. You can do the same thing today, but it's different. There's, there's regulations in place that the banker has to follow that were different than what were back 25 years ago. And not to derail you too far, but when you sure. talk about just jumping in, just you said, I, I see a lot. I'm just going to build a house. What was that urge? Why, why'd you do that? I, um, when I got out of college, I was down in New York. I was working on Wall Street in the securities business. And I just decided when I, went, when I left there, I wanted to go into something where I was actually able to, to build something tangible. I wanted to be into an actual product business. And I had another aspiration. I wanted to sign my own paycheck. 
And of course, careful what you wish for out there in listener land, because that can be that can, all of a sudden there's nothing there's nothing to pay you with, even though you're working hard. But I did. I wanted to be in my own business, start my own my own business, sign my own paycheck, and get into something tangible. And I always liked real estate, so I had training in real estate when I was in college. I had a finance degree. I had taken all the real estate courses and exams. I had been licensed younger as a real estate salesman. So I, I knew some of it and I had just that little burning desire to get into it. And just like what you see today, some of the investment gurus were out there talking about real estate as a wonderful way to grow your wealth. And so I, I embraced some of that and realized, hey, you know what? I, in, back in those markets, there wasn't the fix and flip business that there is today. It wasn't as prevalent. It was more of, there was a lot of inventory in the Northeast where I am, so we could buy building lots cost effectively, and there was an appetite for new houses. Sure. So it was, that was kind of the market feasibility that was there at the time. So we knew it would absorb. So banking was easy. You got an appraisal, you showed the banker that you had somebody capable of doing it, you had marketing in place, and the banker gave you, I think I got like 70% LTV on that. But, it played like 100% financing because the profit wasn't included. Gotcha. Today, you can't do that the same way. So you buy one and you say, well, this worked great. And you roll into two. Where does that go? Well, and so then you realize suddenly at an early age, and this is out there for, for your listeners too, you, you realize that the, you, you need to, in order to be able to grow your business, you need to get comfortable with debt. And being able to have the ability to take debt onto a property. Uh, it's really the only effective way that you're able to scale. Yet, when you're someone like me, I've now lived through three recessions in business. And each recession, my balance sheet actually grew. But that's because when I, the way I used leverage was not excessive. I wasn't taking you know, even some of the agency loans that you hear about now that are doing 40% of the market where it's interest only. You, your LTVs are important. You have to make sure that when you're into a deal and you know what direction you're able to go with the property, that you're always prepared for the next market correction. And if the market corrects 10, 20% in your rents, what happens? If the market corrects 10, 20% in your pricing structure, what occurs? Are you still able to weather the storm on the transaction? Because the storms seem to be getting longer. You know, the original recessions that I went through in 89 and then in 2001, and then, you know, they were 18-month, 24-month problems at most. 2008 was a lot longer. And, and so, you, as you start these businesses and you realize, you know, that came, all of those come on so fast. The recessions come on quickly. They're not, there's not like a notice that gets given to you that says, hey, in 30 days, there'll be a recession starting. <laughs> it's yep. like all of a sudden some some contagion hits in some market that may or may not be related to real estate and things change so you have to make sure your LTVs are intact and that you're managing your debt properly so one way that that occurs is if you are doing business with regulated banking but then you also start to realize that if you're doing business with commercial lenders that are credible they are the best source of rate and term that you can get in this country for financing. And you wanna build a relationship there. You wanna be able to build a relationship with a regional or a community bank, especially, that might also exist concurrently with your agency relationships. 
but you want to have that relationship because those lenders are are the fairest place for you to get the rate and terms that you need to be able to have the ability to survive some of the downturns. Amazing. And if you look going here that we may be at a high point in the market or we're going up, let's say for a good amount of years, what are some indicators that you look at that really start to cause concern for you? Well, I can give you the vernacular ones. We can laugh out loud and have some fun here. When you're a developer like me, so what I do is I find the new properties and then I, I'll, I'll subdivide, get the approvals and entitlements from the town or the city, and then I've got building permittable properties for builders. And when the doctors and the dentists start to be my competition, I know we're at the top of the market right? When everybody decides, hey, I can be a developer, it's like, uh-oh, time to pull it back in and realize that we're at the top. And I haven't quite seen that yet. So that's the first thing that, you know, when, when everybody decides they can do, you know, everything that all of us professionals do is where you do start to get concerned. But I think that, um, you know, real estate has become very localized. So for all of us who are students now and doing feasibility of markets, different markets react to different conditions. Um, some of this, some cities are performing way better than others. I mean, I can do business in, in and outside of Boston very differently than you can do business in and outside of, let's say, Hartford. It's just there, there are different markets that react differently to, to ups and downs. So you kind of decide you can always look at the long-term trend lines of, okay, what happens if this occurs? How long does it take this particular marketplace to, to react? And, and while some cities seem to be getting a little bit overbuilt, uh, other ones, there's plenty of runway left to go and there's plenty of income and there's plenty of, of jobs around for people to be able to fill these buildings. Vacancy rates are still fairly strong. Yeah, absolutely. And, Looking here to change topics and just really, I guess, move into the software and education platform you served, where did you find that there was this need? What drew you to creating this? So for me, I am, I'm, I'm always looking for the newest tool. Like I said, when I started out, there was no cell phones. Then when I got my first one, you'll, you'll laugh at this, guys, out here. My first cell phone was mounted in my car right? I had a little four, four, four wheel drive Jeep because I needed to go through the mud in the developments. And it was, it was like 1991 or two, right? So it's mounted on a stick in my car. And, and my, I think my service provider was like Metro Mobile. I mean, this is how old this is, right? And my first, I, I loved that thing. And I was getting so much done on that phone over the first month that I had it. I was just on it all the time. So I get my first phone bill in. This is like 1991 now. It was $1,100 oh God. for a month. Yeah. Could you imagine even now an $1,100 phone bill? You'd freak, right? Yep. And I was like, no problem. This I thing going is- Going to Europe and then making the raw point of like saying, oh, I forgot to turn on, and see how Roman charges. Right. So yeah. you're always, I'm, I'm, I just always started to, you know, I'm always looking for products that will make it easier to do business. And one of the things that always bothered me as you and I continue the discussion about credible commercial lending, though, was that there was no way to predict the bank's behavior. And anybody out there listening to me today is going to, even if you've gone through the lending process and, and if you've gone through it yourself, let's face it, when you walk into any lender today, the feeling that you have about doing your deal at the numbers that you want it done at is somewhere between nervous and absolute dread, yep. right? 
of the process because, because you can't predict the outcome. So I ran into my business partner in commercial and success in a few years back when I was funding a transaction that I needed to get funded and, and I was changing banks with it and I needed to find a new lender to do the deal. And when I met him, I had been working on this for about a month and it was post the recession. So lending was very different five years ago than it was than it is today. And there just wasn't an appetite out there for transactions to happen quickly. So when I met him, we were actually in a diner and it's the first meeting that we had for, for where he ever introduced me to the software. And he has got a laptop and it's open and I'm staring at the back of it. And he says, so I, I meet him over, uh, over the loan request that I had. And he asked me for my, my pro forma on the deal. So I gave him my income and expenses and he's tapping away in his computer. And he says, he turns it around after five minutes of input and he says, you're a go. And I said, now this is, remember, I'm saying, I'm nervous about this. It's been a month and I don't have this finance. Then you know how it is with sellers and you have things going. So I've got, <laughs> so he's, I said to him, what do you mean it's a go? And he goes, yeah, I've put your transaction through my software. And my software tells me if your transaction is likely a stop or a go at a commercial bank for finance. And I said, Dan, what do you, I'm starting to change now from my acute need for financing to what does he have in there, right? And I go, what do you mean your software? He goes, yeah, I've, I have software that, that it's mine. I wrote the code. I've had it for 25 years in my consultancy. I vetted over billions of dollars of commercial real estate and business credit lines using this for my clients. And I'm looking at him and I, so, so what's going to happen? And he goes, well, my software creates a one sheet, it's one piece of paper. I'll download it and then I'll share it with my lenders. And within a couple of days, you'll get an LOI. And that's exactly what happened. But I'm sitting there not knowing this at that time, it's going to happen. So now I want to probe this farther. I'm like, I need this. I got to have this software. I mean, do you, do you realize the angst you've just relieved from me? And, and I need this. And he goes, well, you can't have it. And Dan is one of the most heartfelt entrepreneurs you'll ever meet. I just love Dan. He, he's, he's just all, he wants to help everybody on the planet with financial dignity and borrowing capability. But he's telling me I, he doesn't have the technology to give it to me. It's just in his computer. So I'm like, well, you realize that there's a lot more people than just me who are sitting here going, hey, I'm up against this and you've relieved a lot of pressure. I'm now empowered to speak to the banker. And he goes, yeah, I get that all the time. People hug me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. So I think, you know, would you like to talk to me about how we get this out there to everybody? Have you thought about that? And he goes, yeah, I have. I'm just so busy in my consultancy. I just haven't gotten to it. So I said, all right, how about we partner and putting this all in a nutshell and get it out there to people and get it cloud-based so everybody out there can get it. And he says, sure. And it was a great day for the two of us. So as an entrepreneur, and developer, I've now partnered with a commercial banker. Imagine that. Classic odd couple, right? You know, your, your banker yeah. and you are partners. All right. So from there, what, what we were able to create was software that everybody listening here today can now use. We just launched it because it takes a while to get stuff into the cloud where it's password protected and you can just input it. But all of us can sit here. And, and I've even heard on your podcast where people say, you know, let's check out LoopNet deals and do all this stuff. So all of us can now look at any deal that we have and we can input the numbers that are given to us 
and we can determine before we ever speak to a banker if that if that property is lendable for the amount of money we need, if the transaction is financeable for what we need to get it done. And that goes for if we're refinancing, that goes for if we're buying a property. So we've written screeners for apartment buildings, apartment properties, mixed use commercial properties, and then just regular business loans for people who need credit lines, which so is really all buy commercial property because you want to put in a new parking lot. Do you want to go back for a second or do you want to get a line of credit to put in the, the parking lot? So it's just one of, it's, we've got all different screeners depending upon what it is that you want to do. And it allows you now to communicate differently with the banker than you or I ever have before. And if you want to probe that, we can. Well, for an apartment building, let's use that as an example. Yeah. How high level or how detailed do you need to be in the initial phase? What, what would be some of the, uh, the, the numbers or some of the metrics that you'll be asking through the, through the software to be able to get to the stage of, of a, a go or a no? Sure. So what we're doing is, is Dan wrote this to be able to communicate on behalf of all of us in bank language with a banker. So bankers care about three things in commercial lending right away when they look at a transaction. They care about the NOI of the property. They care about the, so the income expenses. They want to know what the NOI is. They care about the debt service coverage ratio, which we can go into what, the, what that is as we geek out on coverage ratio stuff. But then they also care about either a cap rate or an appraisal to determine value. Those three things begin the underwriting process. So we wanted to get those three things in front of the lender as fast as possible. So you've got to be able to give us income and expense on the property, the software. You have to, it's DIY software. So you end up purchasing it. It's totally confidential to you. You're not sharing this with any lender until you decide to. And you can decide who your lender is. And the software will generate you one sheet of paper. We call it a one sheet. And it's a conversation starter for the lender that hasn't been there. I mean, if you think about how you go for loans now, right? And you buy an apartment building and you're going to do what? You're going to put together your, your executive summary, all of your supporting docs, a nice package, and you're going to walk into the lender and you're going to put it on their desk or you're going to send it as a PDF and you're going to do what? Well, we all do. You're going to wait, <laughs> right? And, and we wait and we wait and then we just wonder if they're going to retrade us or what they're going to do. So we wanted to change that dynamic. We wanted to get it as more, more empowered as the borrower where I know you're going to do the loan if I'm confident in myself as the sponsor, okay? I know you're going to do the loan based on the numbers of the property. We still have property inspections, environmental. We still have all the things that have to happen. But based on the numbers, I know you as the bank are going to do the loan because I vetted the deal against your own metrics, and I'm sending you this one sheet of paper to analyze this. My question is, would you like to continue the conversation with me on this loan? Okay. Yes, no. Yes, sir. It's immediate. There's no more waiting. There's no more, I don't know what the bank's going to do. So the banker looks at it and we've got, you'll love this. We've got, I got a, a testimonial that just came in a little while back from um, a 26-year-old guy. And he's buying a, a five-family or he's got a you know, multi-family unit, right? And he goes into the bank with his one sheet. And in our resource center in the software, we tell you how to present things. 
So he presents the one sheet to a banker and he's in one of these branches where downstairs are the tellers and then upstairs is the commercial lending team. And he says to the bank, I bought this third party software and I vetted this property that I want to buy. And I'd like you to take a look at the output from the software and tell me if you'd like to continue the conversation with me about a loan for the property. So the banker's a VP, right? So the banker's sitting there looking at this one sheet of paper, looks up at the guy and says, hang on, can you just give me one moment, please? Yeah. He goes upstairs and he, and he brings down the senior vice president of lending who sits next to the kid. And so, so I say kid because of my age, but he gets next to the guy and says, what is it that you're, you know, where did you get this? And he says, oh, I bought this online. The guy says, how much was it? He goes, it was $147 for me to buy this to be able to analyze my deal and, and send it to you. And would you like to continue the conversation? And he says, young man, what not only would we like to continue the conversation, we'd like to really take a shot at doing your loan for you. Yeah. So he's telling us how empowered he is. And he's like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good now. I think I'm going to put my feet on the banker's desk. I'm going to negotiate. <laughs> right. And we're like, no, 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 don't do that. Just, just take what you can get at that point as being someone who's starting out. But this was somebody starting out. And the banker says to him, this is one of the most prepared in introductions we've ever had here. Won't you find a preparation too, right? It just goes with it. If you come in there and you go to the bank and you show that you've put thought and process to it, you have a plan, you have implementation. You, now you're talking the banker's language instead of just sitting there completely unknown, basically hoping that you'll have an answer when the banker asks you. You've given the answers to the banker and now he can react with, okay, let's go to the loan instead of trying to find out more about the property. Well, I couldn't have said it better. And if you interview any of the bankers and, and we work with some national brands now, what the bankers have told us is, hey, we want to meet the people using your software because what we find is industry statistics on banking can be unfortunate where over half the loans are getting denied and what the bankers tell us is, hey, we don't want to deny people. It, it, they actually believe it costs them money to deny loans sure. in bank land. So they say, we don't want to deny people, but we've got two issues that happen that cause that. We have borrowers that come in unprepared, or we have borrowers with unrealistic expectations. You know, people who go in today and think they can get a 2% rate type of thing. It's just, so they, those two things can create havoc in the process where... If you're using the modern day tools that are available, you know, like the cell phone back in the day, but if you're using the softwares that are available today to communicate directly with the banker in banker terms, like you just said, you're, you're seemingly so much more prepared. And now the banker vests in your project because you just showed them numbers that demonstrate lendability on the deal. Now we know they're going to check out you as a sponsor. They're going to look at what your, what your capabilities are and they're going to vet the property, but they're more likely to help you now through the process, get the loan completed when things pop up because they liked your numbers. It's human nature. They liked your numbers day one versus the way we all do it, which is an executive summary and our numbers are somewhere inside and the discussion flows different, or it's just the real quick discussion up front over what we're buying based on numbers. Now it's, would you like to continue the conversation? Yes, no. Banker says, yes, they're in it. They're in it with you. And that has changed some of the dynamic and some of the conversation to where we as borrowers, we don't have to feel so trepidatious going to the bank now. 
so that's how I got into it. That's what drew me to it. When that, when that, when I saw that the first time, and I said, "This is what you have. This is a game-changing software for people who are looking to get financing for their business, who are feeling like, hey, I can't talk to the bank. I can't do this. The bank's not going to lend to me. Well, let's find out yourself. So, would this be best suited for someone looking for their first loan, or has done a number of loans, or can it work on both platforms? Who is the best?" person to jump in for the software. Yeah, so we found it's any of us. I mean, it's I use it, you would use it, it's the it's the brand new novice that uses it and you know, any of us are looking for a deal today. A broker sends us a deal, we can vet the transaction in 5 minutes or less to determine whether or not we want to see the property. Sellers asking 2 million dollars if the software says that the bank's only going to give us 1.2 million right? Which one of us, and, and the, so therefore it's only worth 1.6, which one of us wants to raise the extra 400 equity for the seller, right? So we're going to say to the broker, look, you're 400 over, the bank's only giving me 1.2. And it changes the retrading element of the business too, because as buyers, we get accused of retrading all the time. But you know what, if our banker will only give us X amount and we know it going in, we can avert that issue with the seller right away and say, hey, look, I can only offer you one six on this deal because the bank's only giving me one two. And I want a 75% LTV to be able to make it work. And I can't overpay you for it. The other thing we can do on LoopNet all day is we can vet deals. We can sit here and we want to say, all right, do we want to go see a property? We can sanity check deals all day and just sit here and tap. And I know people who use our software and that's what they do. They just they get into their local market and all the new stuff comes on and they vet all of everything that's there and decide which ones they want to see. Saves time and money. Properties that this doesn't work for, for, would this work for a, you know, so let's say a, a two family, a single family rental, uh, you say that there's different platforms. If you want to do a business loan, would this be something that would uh, be credible for you if you want to buy your primary residence? It's not designed in the, the algorithms that are inside are for commercial lending. Right. Commercial lending tends to break at five units or more. But the integrity of a debt service coverage ratio, knowing that your, your income stream covers your debt, makes it still usable on a two-family, on a three-family. So I'd still use it in that space. It's not like some of, it's not some of the flipper software that's out there, though. Our software is designed as part of your toolbox. It's designed to answer one really important question, and is the mortgage financeable? And we need to know that. I mean, if you think of it in your due diligence checklist, right, when you're looking at a building or a two-family, your first question to yourself is, where am I getting the money? Now, you also can use the software for your private money individuals, so your equity side, so you can, you can print out your one sheet which shows how you're going to arrange the debt and think of how you do it now. So you're showing the private money sources where you're raising capital, hey, this is how I'm getting my debt arranged. But what if you could show them with software? And if you could say, hey, look, not only does the bank fit in, but so do you. And this is how we use it. So we show the private money side, how they fit in, if we're going to accrue their payments or if we're going to pay them in a deal, it depends. But you can show them how their return could be serviced from the flow of the building. So the private investors like this too, because it answers the question, all right, why would your bank do the deal? 
okay, I see now your bank likes these numbers. The bank works. How do I fit in? Oh, I work too. This really is a good deal. And it simplified the discussion with the equity side. So now you can actually send the one sheet to your equity side at the same time that you're sending it to your lending side. And you can complete the transaction faster. And I'm all about that. I love expedience right. in this business. As we get going, the new tools that allow us to expedite discussions, now I can just send an email with a one sheet to a private investor and say, what do you think? This is a deal I'm going to do. This is a deal I might consider in the future, or this is a live deal that we're, we're looking to fund today. What do you think? Especially with so many opportunities that, that come in front of your desk, you don't need or have the time to spend one, two, three hours. So you can get a high level approach. I really just understand one, your basis, and then dive into here to see if one, you're going to be financeable. It gives you the quick version to be able to say, okay, are we going to be able to dig in more and move on to something that really could make sense here or have to go back and renegotiate or just pass and move on to the next thing? And you don't want a heavy lift software. Those legacy softwares are everywhere. We can all use them. And this is not one of the softwares where you're going to determine after repair value on a flip. You'd, sure. you'd put the whole thing in to determine financeability on the flip if you had to keep it. Like if you couldn't sell it, what would happen? I'm an investor in your flip. I'm going to ask you, if you don't sell it, what happens? And you say, I want to rent it. How are you going to cover that? Here's the one sheet. So even in a REIA presentation, picture yourself in front of the room. And if you have a one sheet in your hand and you hand it to the investor, it changes the entire dynamic because we're simply speaking about the financeability of the property in the discussion. We're not showing 10-year pro formas. We're not trying to get into heavy lifts. All those other softwares exist that we can use as part of our presentation but in that initial discussion, what are the questions that we all get from the bank or the private lender? Yeah, absolutely. And they're the same. How am I getting paid back? How, do I, how, do, how does it work for me? So we're coming up closer on time. Before we jump on to the short form questions, how can we find the software? So what we've, the software is easy to find. It's at commercialloansuccess.com. And you go there and you just walk right through the site. Very um, easy site to navigate, has demos on it, has our pricing. Like I said, it's $147 per screener. So it's designed to be affordable for all of us. It's, and, and you'll see all the testimonials that are there. A lot of them are from bankers who like the idea of us coming to them with this. But for your audience today, for those of you who have been out there listening to me yak about old school phones and, and then new school software, right? We've, we've designed a giveaway at web.commercialownsuccess.com. And then we've got forward slash JP for your show. First initials of your guys' names. And there they can find chapter two of our book, which is Commercial Own Success. The, the book will be out real soon in full. And it gives them... Um, our chapter two, which tells them everything we think they need to have in hand before they speak to a banker, what you mentioned, preparation. And it also gives them a link to our software at a nice discount. Amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you. Sure. Check this out, guys. I really, we've done this now preparing a summary when we go in to have a presentation ready because it, it really just goes to show that you're, you're doing your work. You're, you're putting the time and you're putting the effort in and you're also now you're being respectful of the banker's time because the banker's got 10 other people are going to come in here and waste their time. Why just not being, being ready. If you come in here, you get to the point, you have the documentation ready, you show you're prepared, you show you're taking this seriously. It's really going to give you a leg up and really one getting deals done and two creating relationships. So 
John, thank you so much for that. And huh. moving on to the short form, what, what would you consider to be a, for someone who's just starting out, what would be the vital piece to them getting started on the real estate journey? Boy, how many hundreds of places to start, right? One of the things that um, I can tell you as, a, as an older guy now, for anybody out there who's, who's younger and listening, is if family matters to you, make sure that you spend time there because your real estate business will take all your time. I mean, you can spend every weekend, every day doing real estate time and you can miss a lot of stuff in family life. And as I look back on it, there was nothing that very few times that I really had to work the weekend to even be at the same place I am today. So balance in life is, is real important. Um, the next thing that I'll give you two more you, you do need to invest in yourself to stay current. One of the ways that you stay ahead of your competition is continually keeping yourself trained, up to date with current trends, understanding where to get your market data, how to use the new softwares, not just ours, but what's there for softwares to help you analyze deals and to be able to be a leg up over everybody else that might not be taking the time to do that. Same principle you would use in college when you studied for an exam and other people didn't. You know, that preparation is, is key. And I think finally, I would say, keep moving. There's probably a lot of you on the call who haven't experienced the, the fun of a recession. Hopefully, you're not having me back to talk about skill sets to get through the fourth one in my career anytime soon right? You can have me on if that happens, but you know, it's, um, it's a real career adjuster if you're not ready for it. And you have to run your real estate portfolio always with the idea of what if everything changed tomorrow? I still own these assets. What's my plan? And you have to have it. You have to have it. And if you do, instinctually, you'll go to it when the times are tough and you'll get through what do the next five years look like for you? So we're, um, well, like everybody listening today, we're very busy. Our permitting business is doubling over where it was two years ago. So when you get into specialized permitting and doing what we do, our, our growth curve is adding hundreds of units per year to our permit re um, registry, which is going to be real fun. And then, you know, for me, the digital software is a ball. I mean, the testimonials that come in from people across the country using the software saying, dude, this is awesome, <laughs> you know, you know and, and the stuff that we're doing with it and helping other people get to the, the same spot. You know, you get to my age, some of the mentoring and giving back is fun. So I think I'll spend a lot of time there and um, it'll be interesting because it, it'll, it'll kind of grow together with the real estate business. So I'm looking forward to it. What would be one of the biggest lessons learned from a project that didn't go exactly how you wanted to? Oh boy. You know, I, I have several, you know, it's a funny story is if you, you know, I'll tell people, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go 20 and three as a developer in the course of a year. If I was a ball player, if I was a pitcher, right. And I'd stand up at the podium and at 20 and three, I'd win Cy Young. Right. And nobody would ask me about my three losses. Because, you know, and I could have gotten tattooed and given up 10 runs a game in those, but no one will ask me about them. Real estate, not that way. You can have one bad deal, which can wreck your whole year. So you got to make sure you're doing your due diligence on every single deal and make sure all your money is always arranged. And I've had heard people on your show, it can be a real problem when you're short funds 
trying to go do a deal. And the day that you do a deal, short funds can be the day that you realize, you know, I shouldn't have done that. That was a bad one. You know, if I can't arrange the capital on a deal, there's got to be a reason why. Maybe it's a bad deal to do. So yeah, don't don't put your neck out further than you can pull it back. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I love that. That was great. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Words that you live by. Yeah. Words that I live by. Yes, sir. You know, there's um there's some wonderful quotes that are out there. Um, one of them, I think, was from Franklin Roosevelt, and it was, "When you reach the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on." <laughs> and and my family motto from Scotland, you'll like this. Um, fact at spera, which um, is Scottish for do and hope. <laughs> Words to live by, right? Do and hope. Not not created by me, but adopted by. So and and keep moving is you've got to keep moving in this business. This business changes, it seems, every day. So you you just have to always keep moving. You get knocked down and you just shake it off and you get up and you just keep going. Great, and we we know how to find the software. We know how to find the the book, the second uh, chapter of the book. What is a, the best way for listeners to connect with you? So for me, I can be found at commercialandsuccess.com. Real easy. So we've got our help desk. It connects in. Anybody looking for me can email in. Um, so as a CEO, you're always a little insulated, you know, from from things. But I'm very accessible. I do talk to our customers. I love our customers. We'll get back to them. Any help I can give any of them. Um, we like to do little mentoring webinars. We love all that stuff. So there's plenty of places and ways to uh, to find me out there, but start there. Incredible. Well, John, we thank you so much for your time today. Really look forward to checking out this software. Thank you so much for coming in and giving your guidance on three past recessions. Uh, going 20 and three, just the example there is just something to really dive into. Just why you should be prepared going in to talk to a banker and how you can use software to really just get the upper edge when going in there to one, just find out if the property is even viable, but two, really give yourself the leg up to know that you have a deal that can get uh, financed by a banker. John, thank you so much for today. It's really been great. Fun. Thank you. Well, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Thank you very much, John Matheson. We'll talk to you shortly. Bye now. Thank Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.